History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25 year old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with Linda Bailey. She's a pastor at a church called One Church in Blackburn in Melbourne, Victoria. And she's also uh, one of the voices you might hear on the radio who's often doing daily devotions on the radio. I hear her all the time doing all these great devotionals. She's also done a lot of work with CBM and uh, Christian Radio in Melbourne. She's done a lot of great work. We're going to hear a bit of her story today. Uh, welcome along, Linda. Tell us a bit of your background. Where were you born and raised? Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Uh, yeah, well, I was actually raised in uh, a country Victoria, so down in the Western District, close to the, the Twelve Apostles and Lockhart Gorge and the beautiful Great Ocean Road we have here in Victoria. Um, and I grew up in a very small country town. In fact, there were 1,450 people, like mm-hmm. when we're talking small country towns, it uh, was really there. We It was a typical joke. You know, you blink and you miss it as you're driving through. So, yeah, that was that was my upbringing. And tell us a bit about your uh, your faith journey. Did you have like a religious upbringing? I did. Very faithful family. Uh, you know, if if you could go to, we had to go to church every Sunday, and if you could go twice, then that was a bonus. Um, and look, and a really faithful heritage as well. Uh, my father's family uh, immigrated to Australia in the in the early 50s and uh, you know there wasn't a church that they kind of related to in this small country town so they they built one themselves and really established a, a church there so very very faithful family I was the only my sisters and I were pretty much the only children's ministry in our church we were pretty much the only youth ministry in our church because it was quite small but uh, as I, I got to know other bigger churches and heard about bus ministries, I know in the States, uh, a lot of the bigger churches do bus ministries where they take buses and go and collect your children from the local community. It made me realize, well, my mother had been doing that for years, you know, decades ago in our high ace band. She'd go around the local community and bring any of our friends who are open to to coming to Sunday school before church. So very much a faithful family, keen to connect with God and help others connect with God too. And tell us a bit about your personal faith journey. Was there like a youth camp conversion experience or was it just a gradual thing for you? Do you know what? I, I remember bringing a friend of mine who wasn't from a Christian family to a Christian camp that we went to, and she had a really incredible faith uh, encounter. And I can remember thinking, oh, I, I need to have one of those as well. Um, but really, I can't remember a time where I haven't been a Christian. And while sometimes I think, oh, I kind of missed out and I want that you know, road to Damascus, bright light experience uh, to, to add to my testimony. Uh, as I've got older, I actually feel really blessed and thankful that God has always been a part of my life. I can't remember a time where I haven't uh, got a sense of him being there and him being someone I can trust and hope in. Uh, so it has definitely been a, a really gradual thing for me. 
Yeah, and you know what? I've got a similar story. I was raised and you know followed the Lord most of my life, and you know I think there was a conversion experience at a youth camp once. But I've often joked that maybe I should backslide for a bit just to make my testimony a little bit more exciting. But I, I decided not to do that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in good company, Matt. <laughs> and tell us a bit about your early career. What did you do after school? I went to because I up in a very small country town. I actually went to boarding school for the last four years of my high school. Uh, And so then the natural progression was to to come to the major city. So I came to Melbourne for university and was keen to explore psychology. Uh, And so I came and started studying that in an arts degree. But as I went through that, I got involved in a Church of Christ here in Melbourne. Um, Now, that was really pivotal for me. The church that I grew up in uh, was quite a conservative church. They didn't believe in women in ministry. And uh, I always joke that I must have been too stupid to realize that because even as a child, I would like get out um, a devotional or a Bible or a a kid. Uh, kids' Bible that we'd be reading, and I would pretend to preach to the couch in our <laughs> like in our lounge room, and so I always look back at that now as I sit here in ministry and think maybe I was just too stupid to realise oh, I wasn't supposed to actually be doing that in the <laughs> denomination where I was. So when I moved to Melbourne and experienced uh, a different denomination and one that really encouraged and supported me in expressing my faith in a a really practical way through church ministry, I realized that this resonated with me more than anything else, any other career that I had explored in high school. And uh, so I actually combined my arts psychology degree with a theology degree, and from that point onwards was really keen to um, become a minister and explore what that could be. Well, I love the picture you painted of uh, preaching uh, to the couch as a young girl. You know, my daughter, uh, we had a garage sale a while back and she was out the front yard and she lined up all her Barbies and she did church for the Barbies. And a um, bit of good news, Barbie got saved and I think she needed Jesus too. So. Oh, praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> well, once Barbie raises her hand, it's up all the way. That's right. right. That's right. It's a, a straight arm. I think Ken got saved too. I, I'm not, I can't remember, but, uh, you know, he, he needed Jesus too. So, uh, But no, it's so good to hear that you've been... Uh, embraced in ministry, you know, and, uh, you know, I I just think it's wonderful to hear at a young age how the Lord used you through your uni years. Well, let's let's go through uh, that season. So so after you started in ministry, you were kind of doing what children's ministry and a bit of missions. Tell us what that looked like. Yeah, so uh, I I started out coordinating the the children's ministry and then led to a student ministry. Um, I think over the first 10 years of ministry, I I really just tried to work out where I could go, what what I really resonated best with, what I was really passionate with. And I was so fortunate to sit under uh, a senior minister who was really willing to to let me flex out a little bit. So uh, I did do children's ministry. I was also a chaplain in a local state primary school that was directly across from our church. So it was a really great partnership, but a purely state primary school. But it certainly taught me a lot about being relevant to our our local culture and not just being comfortable in the Christianese of our churches. Um, I also did some uh, short-term mission trips over to the Philippines and connected with some church planters over there. And then it just generally extended into preaching, overseeing the young adults and, um, yeah, and just supporting the church as a whole. Wonderful. And then 
you took a bit of a turn and uh, changed directions a little bit and started yeah. working in Christian radio as a breakfast program producer. What were you oh, thinking? That's, that, those hours are crazy. I've, done, I've been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's, it's, it, it just helps you to be humble and to be patient when you're working in, in Brecky Radio so that when people say to you, oh, I'm so tired, you know, I just haven't got enough sleep, you've just got to bite your tongue and go, just because I'm more tired doesn't mean that their tiredness is not validated. <laughs> Look, that was an incredible, um, imp- incredible opportunity. I actually, I was in a, a different ministry for, for a couple of years. And look, church ministry isn't always easy. And there are lots of challenges that come with it. And I, I actually got quite burnt and quite hurt from a ministry that I was in. Uh, and um, an opportunity to be a brekkie producer at, um, at Light was, was a great opportunity. And it was a really healing time for me as I explored a completely different way of doing ministry, but there was lots of alignment as well and being able to coordinate something and working with a team who were were passionate and uh, keen just to keep that positive message of Jesus alive in, in people who wouldn't necessarily walk into a church, but to be real to people who would be willing to listen on, on the radio. This station, Light FM Melbourne, uh, you know, at one stage I saw it was the number one community radio station in the Southern Hemisphere, like over a million listeners kind of thing, you know. It's a massive, yeah. uh, it's got a massive footprint. Uh, who were who you working with in those three years? Because, you know, it's a pretty successful breakfast show. It was really great. Yeah, I was working with Lucy Holmes, who's still the one of the breakfast hosts um, on at the light at the moment, um, and I had a couple of um, couple of hosts with her. So started out with Luke Holt, who is also a, a voice that people uh, resonate with on Christian radio, and also Ken Green, who's now up in Queensland, um, working at a radio station there. Well, wow. so, all, all good friends of mine, and you know, L- Lucy. Uh, is certainly a character as well, a, a Kylie Minogue impersonator of all things. She's she's a pretty cool uh, radio announcer. What was it like working with Lucy? Uh, it was it was look, no day was the same. <laughs> you know, you would you would wake up. None of us none of us drank coffee when Ken, Lucy, and I, who we worked the longest together, uh, with none of us drank coffee, and so. It was just with the love of life that we all got there at five o'clock in the morning. And um, look, it, it, there's so much energy around breakfast radio uh, and so much creativity. And look, being the producer, I did a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. But something I really loved was I actually got probably more opportunity to connect with the listeners than what the on-air host did because I would take the phone calls, I'd have an opportunity to chat to them after they came off air. Um, you know, I was prepping them so that they'd be their, their best um, and be really confident when they were on air as well. It, it was amazing. These people I never met face-to-face but felt like they were quite good friends with yeah. the regular listeners that would, would call in. So well, it, 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 
I look back and it's a really special time of, of my life. Well, it's wonderful to see you, you had that experience because, you know, I think Christian radio in Australia is one of the great success stories of Christian ministry around the world. Let's face it. I mean, so many millions of people listen to Christian radio in Australia. And, uh, you know, there's so many people that are impacted that we won't find out about till we get to heaven. And I reckon that was probably uh, a massive uh, eye-opener for you to see the influence that you had there through that breakfast show. Now, the other big thing that you did, which I'm very passionate about myself, is you then went and worked with CBM, otherwise known as Christian Blind Mission, and uh, you helped people uh, you know, around the world with this great organisation. Uh, I've had the privilege of going to Vietnam uh, with CBM, oh, and it changed my life. You know, we joked that it was an eye-opening experience, but you know, watching these people get these these cataract surgeries, uh, it's an incredible charity that uh, you know helping people in poverty with disabilities. Tell us about your time with CBM. Uh, that it was. You're right. It was eye-opening in so many different ways, literally and figuratively. Uh, look, CBM is such an incredible organisation. I know we focus a lot in Christian radio on the cataract surgeries, which are just phenomenal. The fact that within a seven-minute surgery, you know, so many of us have, have stood there and watched it for ourselves, uh, something that takes such a small amount of time can truly transform, transform someone's life from going for, from near blindness to being able to see and work and connect with family and, and move about their, their communities again. It really is just such a, a, a life changing experience for them and to see that and witness that is incredible and CBM do so much work all across the world and and really caring for the poorest of the poor those in poor communities that are uh, that have a disability and uh, look they're a great organization it was an awesome time working with Heath McSolvan there and uh, really uh, and lots of fun connecting with the radio people as well and I guess you, you mentioned before the impact that radio has had in uh, in people in connecting the the Christian message with people that we would never connect with in another way. I think Miracles Day showed us that as well that uh, people were willing to connect with the message and be willing to change someone's life that they would never meet ever. Um, you know, this side of heaven, they would never meet them, but they were willing to actually give up some of their money so that their life would be changed in such a positive way. It was a look, it was a real blessing to me to be a part of it. So good to uh, hear about your time with them. And, and now you're actually uh, working with a church called One Church in Blackburn in uh, Victoria and Australia. And uh, through a series of coincidences, you've been working along two of my buddies from Coffs Harbour. So I was at uh, Coffs Wesley Methodist Church and uh, as, a, as a youth leader. And my, my youth leader there was a guy named Rod Clements, who has been working with you at that church. And then another guy from Coffs Harbour, Bob Field, was working with you. So two of my buddies from Coffs have been working with you. Tell us a bit what that ministry is like. Well, I, I think you need to tell us what's in the water at Coffs Harbour. I mean, <laughs> three top quality guys that uh, I've come to know. Um, yeah, look, I, I oversee community life here at, um, at One Church. So a lot of the internal workings, um, doing uh, like small groups and integration um, here at church, as well as running courses for our local community. So we're about to run the Alpha course. Uh, we've run parenting courses. We've just finished running the marriage course. Ways for us not just to support our um, our local church, 
research, but also people in our local community as well. Um, and so it's a relatively new role for me. Um, I've worked with Rod for a long time, um, but just uh, worked with Bob over the last year or so. And um, look, it's certainly been an interesting time with with COVID. It's an interesting time in churches. It's an interesting time everywhere, right? Um, but really coming back to, I think as we pivoted and we went online, it was really great to do, but it was a real reminder for everyone that church is more than a resource and church is more than just coming and receiving uh, like worship or receiving a message, but church is really community and just finding different ways for us to love each other and connect with each other and really be in community with each other. Even if we're in a lockdown or if there are uh, restrictions, it's, um, I guess, helped us to realign and refocus on um, the heart of the church and how we can be here for each other and we can be here for our local community. Well, it's been so good to get to know you a bit better today, Linda. And uh, once again, if people want to find out more about your church, it's called One Church. So one.org.au, that's O-N-E.org.au. People can look up uh, their church website in Blackburn. Uh, It's a great website, lots of great resources there. But also, if people want to find out more about your daily devotions, which we hear on the radio all the time, they can go to dailydevotions.com.au. I love hearing you every day on the radio. Uh, You're always inspiring. Uh, It's been such a blessing uh, to hear from you today, Linda. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Matt. Really appreciate it. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au. Station sponsor.